Okay, we've got a special episode of The Bottom Line today. We, uh, we have a nice, shiny new benchmark report on some patient acquisition data. How's that sound, Charlie? Dude, heck yeah, we do. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I'm excited about this. Yeah. We, you, If you haven't seen these before, Ken will tell you where to get them. But basically, what'd you say, Ken? I think it's 650,000 yep. <clears throat> new patient interactions or yes. something. So massive uh, data set. Uh, across specialties and across the country. And also, we have specialty-specific benchmark reports. We're going to talk about holistic stuff in this conversation, but it's just good, right, to know where do you stack up against what's average and um, also, like, what are the, what are the takeaways mean? So I'm Absolutely. pumped to talk about this. Yes, and we're not going to run through the whole report today. We're just going to hit on three big takeaways. Uh, but if you're in dentistry, aesthetics, ophthalmology, oral and maxillofacial surgery, orthopedics, or behavioral health, we do have industry-specific reports on our website, which I will uh, tell you how to get to in a bit. Uh, and by the way, if you're, the... if you're in another specialty and we don't have yours, then start, start working with us. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you some more data. <laughs> uh, so the, the overall uh, industry report has uh, some, some key trends, though, that kind of run through all the other reports as well. So it's, it's going to be a good, uh, a good analysis for us. I guess, uh, Charlie, you want to jump into takeaway number one? Yeah. Yep. First one is <clears throat> lead to appointment or lead to consultation conversion rate. It's a lot lower than I think people realize. Um, and even if you're in a specialty that gets a lot of referrals, right? If, mm -hmm. if it's other practices who are sending people to you, um, well, Ken's going to hit you with the data and we'll talk about that, but it's lower than I think most people think. What are the actual numbers, yeah. Ken? So for every lead across the board that comes into your practice, uh, when we say lead, we just mean a new patient interaction. So that could be a phone call, web form, online booking, whatever. For all of those leads, uh, practices are only converting 54% of those into an actual booked appointment. So uh, most, most practice owners and uh, providers don't realize that. For referrals, though, it gets a little better, but again, probably not what you'd think. So it's about 64%. Um, so, you know, imagine close to 40% of your referrals aren't even becoming appointments. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that people are shocked by. I think if you were to ask us, <clears throat> a practice owner, surgeon, practice admin, whatever, at a referral-based practice, they're going to say like, some would say 100. Oh, they have a referral. They're coming in. What do you mean? They have to come in. They have a referral. Right. Um, or some might say like 95 or something, but that's just not the case. There's lots of reasons why people aren't booking. We're going to talk about staff training here in a minute, which we have in another episode, but the data behind that. And the reason that's happening is even though you're getting a referred lead, you still have to think, I need to help this person schedule. Right. And there's stuff that mm -hmm. comes up that gets in the way of that. So, takeaway there is if you're a referral based practice, don't go to bed at night and assume that you're converting 100% because that's just that's just not happening, right? Then the other larger takeaway, the general um, conversion rate of 54%, that's actually the, the, the good or the positive side to that is the opportunity it represents. So 46%, is that the right math, Ken? Yes. The other? Okay. 46% of leads that are already reaching out are not booking a consultation or an appointment. So if you are uh, trying to grow your practice, I think pretty much everybody who's listening to this stuff is, 
then you are and should have a marketing strategy, uh, you know, working with an agency or partners and investing in um, channels and campaigns to drive more new people to you. That is a part of growth. But if you know, which you now do, that on average, 46% of the people that are already reaching out for that investment are not booking, you should, as one practice that I was talking to a few weeks ago said, look inward, look inward, say to yourself, what can we do to get that 46% to be 40% so that all of a sudden we're booking 60% and without spending more incremental dollars on marketing, we are getting more bookings and growing, right? That's yeah. one way to look at it. And then if you keep doing that, then you get to a place where as you're spending dollars on marketing, they're way more efficient. You're getting way more of a return because you're taking more advantage of that. We're going to talk about the staff performance spread in a second, but that's the average. The top practices that I personally see are scheduling over 75% of their new patient leads for an initial consult or an appointment. So it is absolutely possible to get that way up. Um, and the first step in doing that is to be aware of what your conversion rate is. Absolutely. You'll, you'll grow faster, you'll make more revenue, and your marketing dollars go further. For um, sure. All right. You want to jump to number two? Num number two is staff. So yes. um, there's quite a spread in performance between top performing folks handling these new lead interactions and the lower performing. So what are, what's the data there, Ken? Sure. So uh, in my report, I actually only looked at staff that had taken 250 calls or more. So I kind of weeded out the newbies. And the best staff member converted 91% of their calls and interactions. Ah! The worst was 13%. And the average, the average was 60%. And if you look at, I have this in the report, but the trend line is pretty steady. So it's not just a couple of outliers. It's, it's clearly yeah. uh, every staff member is trained differently or so, you know, something is, something is uh, causing that smooth curve. It's not a. Right. Right. Know. Hey, if you're a uh, statistician or you're just super sharp, what you're, what you're thinking right now is, wait a minute. Ken just said the average was 54% a second ago. But he just said 60. Let me be clear. When we're talking about staff performance, that means that the team has talked to someone, right? So the 54% yep. total conversion is like includes web leads that you never got a hold of and other things like that. We're talking about your staff is on the phone with a, uh, a new patient lead. And what is that? And the average conversion rate of that for staff is 60, right? So just, yes. just making sure. Um, 91 and 13 is, is it, it might as well be 100 right? It's an astronomical difference. It's very, and yeah. I've said this many times on other podcasts, this, human beings doing exactly the same job, right? And th the fact that they could have that different of a conversion rate, what, is, what does it tell you? It tells you that how your staff thinks about what they're doing when they answer the phone, like what do they think their job is? is everything, right? That's going to affect what they say um, to the patient and what they're going to do in that conversation. And the decisions they make about how they handle the conversation have an enormous, enormous influence on outcome. Proof is in the pudding right there. Um, the next logical question is, what the hell is the difference, right? <laughs> like, what are these 91% people doing that the 13 are not? 
Um, I, I alluded to another episode, I think, earlier. We did staff training stuff. Definitely check that one out. Um, but the biggest difference is the is is when you ask the 91% person what their job is, they're going to say help people schedule. And when you ask the 13% person, who knows, right? They're going to say anything but to help people schedule. And that influences the way the conversation starts at the beginning. Most of these most of these calls or these conversations your staff is having, there will be some uh, question or request right at the beginning of the call. They call in, thanks for calling blank. This is blank, how can I help you? Hello, what do you charge for this? Or can you tell me more about that? And the folks that think that their job is to help people schedule, they're gonna start that call by letting that person know, hey, I'd be happy to help you with that. Have you been here before? Oh, cool, how'd you hear about us? They get control of the call and they focus it on scheduling. The people that are not 91% and certainly the ones that are down to 13, they suffer from caller procrastination more than anything else. That is the top reason not booked, right, Ken? Yeah, that's the top Across everything. And so what does that mean? That means that the team is talking to someone. The call is not focused on the consultation or appointment process. There's no momentum towards that. Caller is fully in control. Person handling uh, the conversation is reactionary, right? That's what the 13% of people are doing. They're answering the phone or making a phone call, and they're just waiting for the, the patient to basically tell them what they want to do. The 91% of people have a, or the people that are converting 91% have a purpose and are consciously trying to help that person schedule. And that's why the 91% way higher because they don't have a lot of color procrastination. Yep. Color, we do, so we do track, like Charlie said, we do track why patients are not booking. Color procrastination is number one. Number two is taking a message. Procrastination. So, <laughs> keep going caller procrastination yeah, uh, number two is staff taking a message so you know instead of answering the question and booking that patient they're saying oh I, I don't know let me get back to you yep hey one more thing I just I get fired up about this stuff I'm not talking about like advanced sales training right a lot of people don't like using the word sales in this you don't the the difference between the 91 and 13 is simple. I mean, it's easy. It's simple stuff. And it's not getting them familiar with every in and out of all the procedures that you offer. Should they know that? Yeah, that's great, right? They should know what you do. But them thinking that their job is to help people schedule, you're halfway there if they actually think that. So keep it simple with staff to get them out of that 13 and closer to 91. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to the marketing channels. So real quick, I'll give you the top three marketing channels. Charlie will hit you with some takeaway here. Uh, so organic search is number one. That's the top marketing source. Facebook's number two. Paid search is number three. And after that, it drops like a rock. So those are really the main three ways. Now, we did notice one standout uh, statistic. Charlie, you want to hit him with that? I don't have the actual stat. Well, the, the takeaway. The takeaway. Yeah. Facebook converts Facebook. Uh, half of the other ones, right? To Less than half. Less, Less than, than half. half. Okay. Yep. So let, let me think about that again. So organic search, duh, right? If you're not messing around with SEO and you don't have a qualified partner, what are you doing, right? You got to have an online presence, be findable. Um, and I'm not an expert in that, but like, if you didn't already know that, you do now, right? Organic search is king. Um, and you've got you've to uh, have your stuff together. With paid... 
Then you've got Facebook. That's how, how much more uh, common is Facebook in terms of lead count than um, paid search? Uh, it's just over twice as common. So okay. number of leads. Yeah. So let's think about what's happening there. Now, I don't know exactly what the investment is. So if you're listening to this, uh, which you are because you're hearing me, uh, you need to think about what the cost is of your Facebook right. ads versus paid search. But think about that. Two times as many Facebook ad, uh, leads and half of the conversion rate of paid search. Like that just seems way out of whack. So Facebook would have to be like a fourth of the cost, right? For that to like hunt at all. Is that correct? Uh, if, if it's, Something. I think the cost per lead is really what matters. So if they're half the cost. I think it'd have well, to be a fourth because like the math well, is going multiple ways there. Right, I went to a liberal uh, arts school. Carolina I don't think the today. volume. Yeah, I don't think the volume so much is a factor in whether you uh, ROI basically would be uh, the fact that they convert. I know. I know what I'm saying much. is right, but don't worry about. It. We don't no. have to dwell on it too no. much. I know well, I'm right we'll, too. We'll do that. Okay. Hey, listen, <laughs> but, everybody. You should. <laughs> All right. Let's get let's get back to something that's going to be useful. Did you want to say something? Um, I was just going to say the actual number. So Facebook converts 19%. So think of all the numbers okay. we've already talked about, right? That's that's hitting close to that worst staff member, right? Yes, you're right. So why the hell is that happening, right? Well, here's what I've learned, right? Because we have a lot of practices that it, it, it seems to be like Facebook has had a wave of popularity because you can get a ton of lead count pretty quickly and I guess cheaply. I'm not, again, I don't know exactly what the investment is compared to Google ads or whatever, uh, but you can get an influx of leads and especially if you're just kind of trying to ramp up a marketing strategy, you know, getting leads is important. But here's one of the biggest issues is instant Facebook forms, instant forms, where essentially like on the ad inside of Meta, Facebook, a, a, like a form, sort of auto populates. And then essentially what ends up happening is a lot of people are submitting a form and they don't even realize what they're doing. So then your team is getting an inbound lead and following up with those folks, the chances that they answer are a lot lower. And then the feedback, this is feedback we get and what we actually hear in real conversations is a lot of people have no idea what the hell you know is going yep. on. And so it's a waste of when I say it's a waste of just in that example, I'm sure some people have figured out other ways to deal with this, but you know, you don't want to be calling people that actually haven't consciously said, please call me. I mean, that sounds pretty obvious, but that is what it sounds like is happening with a lot of the instant forms. Um, so it doesn't mean you should totally abandon the strategy, but just understand that that's a dynamic that you need, um, you know, to deal with what we've seen be way more effective is Facebook ads that are pointing people to a landing page or something like that, where it's definitely clear that if they call, of course, or fill out a form, that they are reaching out to you. And that's what you want. You don't wanna, you don't wanna have your team spending time and energy following up with people who like didn't even know that they had you know, reached out to you. So again, feedback we've gotten from practices, what we've actually heard in conversations, that is why Facebook is converting at half the rate of paid search. So keep that in mind when, um, you know, when you are thinking about your strategy.
Yes, and you really need to measure this stuff for yourself because we can talk about what we've seen, but maybe for you it works. Um, but the other danger here is uh, I'm going to get some hate mail from marketing agencies probably, but make sure your marketing agency isn't just saying, look how many leads we got you, right? Because that's where Instant Forms is real easy to just rack up some lead count, right? You really need to know how many bookings are coming from those channels, right? Yeah, bonus thing that just popped in my head because again, like there's a lot of ways to to do this. I mean, if you were going to do something like instant forms, I'm just thinking creatively, you would really probably want to have more of a fully automated follow-up deal with texting and email. I, I'm not sure and not human uh effort. Um your conversion rate's going to be way lower, but it'll cost you less with your team. And then your team can spend time following up with non-instant form leads in this example, which is a much better use of their time. So again, there, there are strategies that can make that work. But the reality is, out of all that data that we have gone through, th those Facebook leads are converting at a much lower rate. So definitely yes. consider that as you build your, uh, your strategy and think about what your follow-up protocols are. Right on. Cool. All right. Well, that was all three data points. I guess we'll mention real quick. I'm going to drop a link uh, anywhere I can where this is posted to the data. But uh, for anyone just listening, you can always go to line.com. That's with two I's, L-I-I-N-E.com. And there's a link right in the footer for our benchmark reports. Um, and uh, all the data is freely available right there. You don't have to put in a credit card or an email or anything. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, had a blast. Benchmarking. Right. Woo! We'll see you guys on the next one.